asking the right questions will unlock your best life. They are the keys to enjoying more clarity, passion, balance, and confidence. Hi, I'm Todd Parker. And I'm Bridget Sampson. We're certified executive and life coaches, communication professors, trainers, consultants, and most importantly, parents. We're also dear friends who love diving into those deep conversations about life, relationships, family, and careers. All things about being a curious and compassionate human on this planet. So please join us, and we know you'll find something valuable that resonates with wherever you are on your journey. Welcome back to the Right Questions podcast. I am Todd Parker. This is episode 14, and we are so grateful to have you joining us today. want to say a quick shout out and thank you to all the great feedback that we've been getting from everybody about the podcast. It's been helpful. It's been useful. It's been valuable. Thank you for those for reaching out to us. We really appreciate it. It's, it's why we do this, and it's, it's also why we're going to have yet another spirited discussion. Bridget, how are you doing today, as I always ask you? I am doing excellent today. I'm so excited about our guests and looking forward to having a great conversation with her. Yeah, me too. And I am no stranger to this person. So I'm just going to introduce her straight away because I'm so I'm always happy to be here with you, Bridget, but I'm even more excited to be here with our lovely, wonderful, ambitious, creative guest. Brie Waterman. Welcome to the podcast. Yay, Hi, Brie. Welcome. Thank you. It's such an honor to be with you guys. Yeah, no, thank you for agreeing to come on and share, you know, your knowledge, wisdom, practices with us, because that's what we're going to talk about today and really share your story. So let me just set up who, if you're watching on YouTube, who you're looking at. And for those of you, for all of you listening, just who we're going to talk to today. So Brie, full disclosure, right? Full disclaimer and disclosure about Brie. And I've known Brie for a lot of my life. And when I say known Brie, I haven't known her. I've known of her. So we went to the same schools together, but we weren't like friends. We just, it's like, oh, that's Brie. Oh, that's Todd. But we didn't really know Todd each other. Todd was way cooler than me. No, no, no. <laughs> that's why. No. I can say that. <laughs> no problem admitting that. So Brie, you were so cool. Oh, no, stop it. You stop. So Bree walks in uh, to a gym that I was at a couple years ago and we reconnected and, you know, she had, so we're getting our, our butts kicked in this gym and, you know, we start talking about business and, you know, she sells me, I'm, full disclosure, like I said, she has sold my homes. Bree's a realtor. You're going to find that out in a minute. She's an amazing realtor. She has sold my homes She for me. She has sold me homes, found me my dream homes and been an amazing, just an amazing person and executive in the process. So we came together, we did some business, but she knew I was a a coach and consultant. And from that, about a year and a half ago, Brie walks in and says, hey, you know, I want to level up and set some new goals personally and professionally. Can you, can we do some coaching together? And that was what launched our new relationship together. And fast forward to today. And, you know, why do I tell you this? Why we, why are we having her on this show? Well, we thought, you know, Brie and I were chatting the other day. We thought it would be of great value, as we're trying to do when we bring all these topics to the show, for her to share her story, for her to share her journey, because it's an interesting one. And Brie, you probably know this, but I'm going to tell you right now. I'm on the outside looking in at you, not just as a coach, but just, you know, as a sort of a friend, as someone who lives in the same town, we know the same people. But I hear people talk about you and they say, like, that Brie Waterman, like, how does she do it all? Like, she's so Brie is like a top producing, not like she is a top producing realtor out here in the Santa Cruz Valley. When I say top producing, she is a killer real estate executive. She's got an amazing team. She's currently aligned with Compass for, and partnered with Compass for, for all of her business. But she's been doing it since she was 18 years old, right, Brie? I mean, you've been. In the industry since I was 16, but I got my real estate license and became a notary at 18. Yeah, but thank you. Yeah, so (laughs) lot. I I mean, early start. The the amount of experience that Brie brings is kind of incredible. Having started in a career at such started in the industry at such a uh, young age, so she's an entrepreneur with this killer business, right? This incredibly successful business, one of the top producers in our valley and has extended out into other places, LA, Santa Monica, Ventura, right? So she's expanded her reach, but there's so much more to her. She's the mom of four young gentlemen, 
for you. How old are your sons now? My boys are three, five, seven, and nine. So four boys under 10. So I count them for double. So I consider them as eight children because boys count for two, I decided. So she has eight kids. I run a small fraternity is what it is. Uh-huh. That's exactly, a small fraternity that she's running over there with eight boys. She's got her business. She has, she gives back to the community in a variety of ways. She's giving both her time, her energy, her money to causes. So there's no shortage and she works out a lot. Like she finds time somehow to juggle and balance all of these things. And that's really, really why we brought you on the show, Brie, to have you break down not just your story, but for you to answer this question that people from the outside looking in go like, you know, how does she do it? How does she balance all this? How does she juggle all this? How is she always so so warm and professional and she's so nice and she seems so calm, like she's putting on a fire hat and putting fires out all over the place, but she just seems so calm about it. How does she do it all? Now, being your coach and having a lot of insight into you over the last year and a half, I know that doesn't um, come easily and it doesn't come with its own share of challenges to- Don't tell everybody my secrets. (laughs) I'm going to reveal some of it. We're trying to make it look easy over here. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. It is not. And that's why I'm so thankful for you to talk me off the ledge every so often. Well, it brings us to our question, Brie. It's the centerpiece of the show. And the thing we're going to answer for everyone today is really from overachieving to overthinking, how do you balance it all? Like, how do you balance all of this? And that's what we're going to explore today. So here's my question for you before you even get into that. Okay, that's the question. From overachieving to overthinking, how do you balance it all? With that question, though, Brie, we really want to know a bit about your journey and your story. And, you know, you said you started at 16 years old in the industry. And I know if I read your bio and everyone could go read her bio, you know, she was pushing, she was doing loans at 16 and learning the industry, 15 to 20 escrows going across her desk daily, weekly. I don't know. It was busy though. That's what we know. She got a lot of experience, but you also faced some other challenging events, right? And specifically, you know, much earlier than any of us should ever have to do. You know, you lost your mom at a rather young age. So if you, could you, Tell us, because you've had some transformative experiences, that being the first, could you tell us like, what was that starting point like for you? Because I know your mom was in real estate, she's really, like, what was it like and how did it impact you moving forward and choosing this career and this life? Absolutely. No, I think that's a great question. I'd love to share. So basically, yeah, I was always from a young age, I always was very goal oriented, driven. I my aunt and uncle owned a clothing store here in Canyon Country. And I worked there from the age of 12 on because I wanted to have my own little money. If I wanted to go to the mall, I didn't have to ask anybody's approval for what I wanted to buy. That was just kind of I had goals and I wanted to get there without anybody in my way. And, you know, my mom was very supportive and my dad, they were, you know, fantastic, you know, middle-class hardworking parents that both worked and they basically, so I worked there. My mom got me a summer job at a real estate office as a receptionist and right here in Newhall on Lyons. And so, you know, they got me a brand new car when I turned 16 and said, but here's the car payment that goes along with it. So I'm like, game on, let's do this. (laughs) So I was motivated to make my own money and, and make things happen. So that being said, I answered the phone. And then as the lead loan processor would go on lunch, she'd leave me a bunch of sticky notes and, you know, who to call and what to do and where to fax things because the internet was dial up at that point and a DOS system. And so that was really how I learned was via sticky notes and just doing what I was told and then kind of problem solving and figuring out. And essentially I was learning how to process loans without even realizing it at the age of 16. Then as I was there a little bit longer then some of the realtors were like, Hey, can you help with my disclosures on my files, which is transaction coordinating. And I'm like, sure, why not? So I would, you know, just check out where everybody missed the signatures and kind of browse through them at, at the moment. And then I'm like, you know, maybe I want to be a realtor when I grow up, uh, which is a year from now. So I signed up to get my real estate license. And then I got recruited to a full-time transaction coordinating company at the time. And I mean, I was 17 and a half, you know, with my real estate license date coming up as early as I could possibly get it. And I was making 18 bucks an hour back then in 1999. And for a kid my age, I mean, that was pretty awesome. So my girlfriends were like, you know, studying their SATs. And I'm like, I'm going to go to COC as a backup plan, but (laughs) this is my path. I've got this all figured out. And so I got my license and 
that was super exciting. But then it was like, well, wait a minute, I have to sell houses to people like, and I live with my parents still. <laughs> like, I'm telling them what their mortgage payment structure should be. And like, I don't even pay rent, <laughs> not to mention that I ever signed a lease in my life. So, you know, that was interesting. And then my mom's like, you should come and work with me and we should team up. And my mom was a very strong personality. She was very well respected, but very just particular by the book. I mean, she ran a tight ship and I'm like, oh, you kind of stress me out. I don't know if I want to partner with you. <laughs> if I mess up, man, I'm in trouble at home and at work. I don't know if I'm ready for this. And then, so we were kind of on the verge of joining forces and I was doing a couple deals here and there. The cool thing was everybody that I went to high school with knew that I was in real estate to a degree already when I was, you know, 16. So I was taking classes at College of the Canyons, junior college at the same time, working during the day and, you know, whatever, just kind of navigating through that pre-college phase. And so anyway, then all of a sudden, my mom got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer out of the middle of nowhere, totally healthy, just took up salsa dancing, living her best life, you know, selling real estate and And all of a sudden, my whole world got flipped upside down. And so, you know, there's a lot more information now, you know, available to us all about cancer. But back then it was, you know, like I said, the internet was just barely evolving at the time. So it was very foreign to me. And so to, you know, go through the multiple setbacks throughout that 10 month process and watch my mom, who was incredibly vibrant and successful, really just watch her deteriorate. I mean, she looked older than my grandmother by the time, you know, she passed away. So then I was kind of left and it was like, you had everybody over at the house and visiting and dropping off meals and being so supportive. And then all of a sudden it was just silent and she was gone. And it's like, whoa. And she's like, here's my business. I want you to take it over. And then I need you to help your dad run the house. And I was 20 years old. And so I'm sitting there going, okay, well, you didn't like, there's no real talk about dealing with the grief and the depression and all that comes along with it. So it's like, I was so driven and focused and had my whole world figured out, (laughs) but you know, so it seemed, and then it just got flipped upside down. So it was hard. I mean, I had clients that were like, Hey, we want to see houses. And I'm like, okay. But just walking out the front door was just, it was so heavy. And that was just, it was a very lonely time. And, you know, my brother was in high school, so he was navigating through that as well. And My dad went straight back to work and it was a really rough time. It was very lonely. And the real estate market then took off in the early 2000s. And it was like, you know, I stuck a sign on the ground. I had 10 offers. I'm like, done, wrap it up. (laughs) So, you know, all of a sudden I went from dealing with this loss to then making six figures. And I really didn't have any overhead. So I'm like, I'm going to buy a Corvette (laughs) and I'm going to go on vacation. What else do I want to do? You know? And, and then all of a sudden, 2007, 2008 rolls around and it's like, I'm calling my clients and they're like, Brie, we'd love to sell, but you know, we don't have any equity. And I remember, you know, seeing those loan documents come across my desk and I would look at them and I'm like, well, these are 105% financing. You know, they're giving people equity lines with their purchase loan, (laughs) $0 down. And I'm like, these payments are going adjustable. These are negam loans that are going on the back end that are going adjustable and literally doubling on these people in two years. And I tell them and they're like, yeah, you know, we'll refi later, no big deal. And I'm like, all right, what could go wrong? You know, <laughs> who what knew? What could go wrong? Yeah. What could go wrong? And then all of a sudden my primary income as with the rest of the industry, I mean, it went to nothing. And it's like, that's a humbling experience. Let me tell you. So yeah, reality check. <laughs> the, so I'm going to throw it to Bridget here in a, in a second. I just want to just want to kind of surmise some of that, like that journey, the first part of that, right? Of knowing you wanted to do it while everyone else is on a different path, going to college, right? And they're taking their essay, or they're finishing high school, going to college, and you're like, I think I got, I think I found my path. Takes a certain level of confidence and knowing yourself or ignorance. I don't know what you would call it, Brie, but a you know, good combination of both. I yeah, think. <laughs> like you didn't know what you didn't know, but you know, I'm curious. Well, I'm going to throw it to Brid- Bridget. I know you've got a question in there. I've got like 20 questions for Brie. Do you want you, me to ask you the go question? Ahead, I, you go ahead. Brie, you know, what was it that was guiding you at that moment to say, to be, to take that confidence and say like, I'm going to go this other path because I know it's the correct path for me. Like, how did you do that at 20, losing your mom and take that leap? 
you know, really, it kind of started right before that. And I really attribute that. And that that takes a huge role in the way I'm choosing to parent my kids is I was the oldest of like six grandchildren. I was always, I mean, I was an overachiever to begin with. I always wanted to do well and please everybody and make everyone proud, of course. But I was always encouraged and, you know, I was given a lot of self-confidence. And also I was taught to not follow the crowd. It was like, my parents were very strict. And so I got, I missed out on a lot of things. I was allowed to go to sleepovers. I wasn't allowed to go to parties. I was, you know, I was kind of used to having to be that. My parents were like, make your own fun, go outside and figure it out. You don't need a boyfriend. You're not allowed to date. Sorry. You don't need to be the cool kid. Go get a job. And I'm like, this sucks kind of, but okay. But what was cool was, well, my friends were kind of staying up late and getting into trouble and, you know, getting in their sororities and whatnot. I was making money and making progress in my career, which was exciting to me because that meant more freedom. And so sure enough, you know, now I'm lucky enough to be in a position where I have a career and I have 22 years of experience and I'm not even 40 years old yet. So that's kind of cool to have. So it was definitely, you know, a trade-off, but it, I've always been big on like work now, play later. That's kind of always been my mantra. So I don't enjoy relaxing unless I know I earned it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll jump in. I, you know, since the question is about balancing it all and you have so much in your life and, you know, sharing with us that you lost your mom at such a young age really hits me because I'm super close. I'm a lot older than you and I'm super close with my mom and still go to her for support all the time. And so hearing about you losing your mom, having this amazing business, having four kids, again, I have two kids and I can't even fathom doubling that, you know, and, you know, and right. It's all relative, honestly, I figured that out. Like one was hard until I had two and then three, I'm like, two was easy. What was I thinking? <laughs> now four, I'm like, what was I thinking in general? <laughs> but you, you um, put out this energy of being so grounded and solid and like having it really having managing it all so well and exercising. And, you know, as you know, you do coaching with Todd and I coach people who whatever they have going on in their lives, their story in their mind is like, it's all too much with one kid or no kids or, you know, not having their own business or not having so much loss. And you're going to tell us more about things you've been through. You know, there's even more and taught, you know, you left off with, you know, the crash of the whole crash of the market in 2008. And like, I'm guessing I know that you recovered from that brilliantly are now at the top of your field. But so I'm wondering, like, is there a point where all that kind of catches up with you and you have to slow down or go to therapy or do something different or, you know, so much loss, so much change, so much responsibility? Was there a point for you where it kind of hit you and you had to shift and, and really address it all and confront it all? Honestly, all the time. And I can say really without, not that I'm here to plug Todd's coaching. Um, You're not? <laughs> no, business, no. But no, I mean, I am. this is not a paid advertisement <laughs> for the record. But truly, yeah, the thing was, it's funny because I went to different coaches in the past and I went, you know, I met with a therapist for a little while and she just kind of felt sorry for me. And I'm like, I don't need pity. I need somebody to really call me on my game that, no, you've got this. Because we all have our moments where we're weak and it's like, holy hell, I'm way in over my head. What do I do? My thing is I kept stacking my responsibilities where I don't have an option. <laughs> I've got four kids that depend on me. I have a team that depends on me business-wise. I made a commitment joining Compass that I would do a certain amount of volume. So you kind of, you build up your life and your responsibilities. You put yourself in a corner where it's like, well, everybody knows that I committed to running 100 miles a month on Facebook. So now if I don't right. post that, That's guess right. what? The last day I'm running 17 miles like an absolute <laughs> idiot because I wasn't on pace earlier in the month. I love <laughs> so that. I love accountability that. or public shaming. Pick your poison. <laughs> well, Brie, you put it out there. That's an, So when we talk about how do you balance it all, there's also like these little tricks about accountability, right? And you... Did. I remember a couple, what, a, a month or so, two months, it was something like that. You put it out there on your Instagram and on your Facebook, like, hey, I'm committing to running 100 miles a month from here on out. Yeah, in January. Wow. Yep. Amazing. And you did. Stupid That's idea, amazing. right? Thinking back, I'm like, me and my big mouth. Okay, three months in, here we are. That's incredible. <laughs> Still but doing honestly, it. honestly, it keeps me honest. For And what I love about that, and what I love about that is that I have just once in a while, somebody will reach out and go, Hey, I started running because I saw you doing it. And that is awesome because there are so many people who inspire me 
through social media. And it's like so many people think of it as a negative stigma at times. And it's like, you know, if you just kind of unfollow some of the negativity, it'll change your life. First of all, we have very much control over what we're feeding our brain. And that includes, as we all know, media, social media, friends, family, whatever. And it's like, if you really focus on who you're surrounding yourself, not to say that you're better or worse or anybody is, you know, more advantageous to spend your time with. But if you hang around people, if you're the average of your five friends, then you need to make sure your other friends are where you want to be. And that's really, I just try to be as constructive as possible. And, you know, working out is a huge part of balancing all of that because you do like, you know, when you go on a five mile run and you get to mile three and you're like, Oh, I didn't even know that was bothering me. This little thought popped up in my head. And so it's just, it's cheaper than therapy (laughs) at the end of the day. Yes. Yeah. So I hear you exercise regularly and set goals for yourself with exercise as a way of not just sort of being meditative or time with self, time with your own thoughts, but also, well, it's it's your self-care. It's part of your self-care because the spirit of Bridget's question, right, if I'm remembering it, Bridget was like, how what are you doing to balance all of that? What do you what is the what are the things you do? And you, your answer, you know, your answer speaks to so much of how you make choices. You said stacking. I stack where I don't have a choice. So why do you do that, Brie? Um, I think because at the end of the day, if you if your responsibilities are all positive and you put yourself in a corner where you can't fail because everybody's watching, you don't have an option but to succeed. <laughs> so it's like, you know, if everybody, if you throw it out there, I mean, for example, you know, being in the top three realtors in Santa Clarita, I mean, we have 18,000 real estate agents in a small bubble. And to be number three, I mean, I don't, I'm sitting here in competition with people that I looked up to and I'm humbled to be in their company. Honestly, I'm still like, I still look at them. I'm like, I'm the kid and they're, you know, they're the grownups and it's very cool to be a part of that. So I don't know. I, like I said, all of it keeps me very humble as far as being a mom. And, you know, you can't sit there and show up late to school and then go, oh yeah, trust me to sell your house. You know, it's like all of it. You gotta have your life together across the board. Same thing as going to the gym. If you're not, you know, if you're flaky with other things, I mean, one of the funny things that we joke about, like you know, people say like, Oh, how do you stay in shape? And I'm like, well, I have to fit in all my clothes. Cause I don't have time to try on different outfits when I run out the door <laughs> because I don't have time for that. Like I have to stay one size at all times. <laughs> I don't have time to hang stuff back up. It's that simple. <laughs> That's a perfect example of what we're always working with ourselves and our clients is that we get to choose what we think and we get to choose how we want to frame a situation. I've chosen that same mindset as you in the last years that I'm going to stay the same weight and I'm going to stay the same size. And I wasn't able to do that for 50 years of my life. It was up and down and up and down. And once I decided I could believe that thought and embrace that thought that it's just going to make life so much easier to be at my healthy weight and to be one size and, you know, the scale doesn't change. And that's just one area of life. But what I'm hearing from you is like you make these really mindful decisions, intentional, mindful, empowering about this is how I'm going to live my life. And this is how I'm going to be in this arena. And this is how I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work out. I'm going to stay in this size. I'm going to, you know, I can imagine when you're with your kids, you know, oh my goodness, how chaotic it must be. But I can just feel that grounded energy from you that even with all four of them probably running around like crazy. I see you, I can imagine you being the mom that's still kind of centered and grounded and helps them feel that energy. And the same with, I really have always been fascinated by real estate agents. I've bought a few houses and what an emotional, I am like, when we're looking to buy a house or to sell a house with my husband, oh my gosh, I am almost, you know, embarrassed to say the emotional moments that we've had in front of our real estate agents. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I have no doubt, Brie. And I can feel that you're that agent that's just able to be there and hear it. And people are crying and like, but this room isn't what we talked about. And but it doesn't have this or that. And you just like, I can, is that true? Is that true about you? Because honestly, this is the first time I met you, but this is just the energy I'm feeling from you. And it's very inspiring to me. Thank you. Honestly, that was one of the reasons that I, again, going back to coaching with Todd, I had worked with other coaches and they were like, Brie, you got to slow down. You can't do it all. You know, 
you need to delegate. And because I had worked with Todd, you know, to list and sell his homes, he he had trusted me to do that. He knows how I operate and how I work. So he was able to take me and go, I know you can't let go. I know you can't delegate, but you know, th- let's do it the Brie way. <laughs> and he knew how to package it. So where it sold me as opposed to me sitting there going, you don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> because he's, he's seen the other side of it. And it's like, yes, I'm very much, like I said, like my mom was a strong Italian woman. My dad was very, you know, particular in his own rights too. And so I had to toe a certain line growing up and I kind of feel the same way still with my clients. I mean, literally I, my tagline is always at your service and it's true. It's my job to solve problems and to keep everybody calm because really, and what I explain to people is like, I can't trick somebody into buying a house. They know when they love it. I'm there to open doors, which my brother teases me about. I'm an overpaid door opener. (laughs) That's all I do apparently. But really like where my value is, I'm like, you know, rather than putting somebody in a corner and that night going to decide right now, either give them the five grand or we cancel. It's like, you know what? Let's sleep on it. If it's meant to be, it'll be. If not, it's okay. We'll find something else. The stars will align at a different time. And then all of a sudden, the next day, because they're not in a corner, they're like, you know what? You're right. And it's like, that's how I like to work because that's how I want to be treated. Nobody works well when they're put in a corner. And that's on both sides of the transaction. So I just like to give people their space, not overwhelm them. And then, you know, we'll get through it all because we all have the same goal. That's the fun part. We're not working against each other, come to find out. We are all on the same team. So yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. You know, Bridget, you hit, you are, I'm going to say Forbury. Yes, you're correct. She brings that energy and she's calm and it's warm and, you know, you're freaking out and she's like, no, you know, it's like, don't worry. Like just what she just said, we'll sleep on it. If it's meant to be, it'll be. And, you know, that kind of, it's not like empty optimism or, you know, empty hope, like false hope, right? It's a belief in we're doing things like I know what I'm doing here. Trust me, I trust and recognize that you're with, and this is a praise for Brie, a creative problem solver, because that's what Brie is. And I say that very specifically because I have a question in there. Imagine that I have a question for you around creative problem solving, because where we left your story, right? We came out of your teens into your 20s and we went into what would have been, you know, 2008. And, you know, anyone listening is probably well, well aware of what happened in the global crisis that not the pandemic. We'll get to that. But the global markets, right? The whole economy, all of our economies were really impacted by what happened in 2008 and the real estate. And specifically, your world was like at the center of all of it. So when we talk about, if you could pick up the story, creative problem solving, stacking things on your plate, right? Figuring it out. What did you do when the chips were down and no homes were like, you couldn't sell, like nobody was buying, nobody, it was just, what'd you do? I, it, like I said, it was a very humbling time. I had to go to work at Costco and I'd see my clients and they're like, oh, you work here. And I'm like, I do. This is how I'm putting food on the table. And I was still, you know, I was still out there, but really, so I was pushing my notary business. So I would go and sign loan documents at 4.30 in the morning with people on their way to work or whatever it was. So I was really just trying to get creative as far as all of that went, just to use my expertise in whichever way. So I started marketing to some of the escrow companies that I knew and asking them if they could help me out. And at the same time, you know, I had just gotten married. My husband was in the real estate mar- or real estate industry as well. So both of us took a hit at the same time. It was like, hey, congratulations, you're married. By the way, you're both broke together. This is fun. I'm like, next time around, I'll marry a doctor. What the hell was I thinking? <laughs> so who would have thought if you're both in the same industry? But you know, I just, I had no idea. I just figured if you work hard, you get paid. And apparently not all industries operate that way. So yeah, it, you know, I, like I said, I had to just figure it out because all of a sudden, you know, Mazda is calling and they're like, Hey, we we're taking your car tomorrow. If you don't give us $400. And I'm like, I don't have it. I don't know what to say. And then you can't go to work without a car. So I'm sitting here with a hard money loan and, you know, paying 15% interest to to keep a vehicle and, you know, run to Walmart and send money orders to make payments coming from literally a year prior, having a really good time in Hawaii <laughs> on vacation and buying, you know, new coach bags. So yeah, it was a very humbling time. And it just makes you, I think that's definitely what has kept me very honest to where 
like I said, I don't take breaks or go on vacation or do things until I feel like I've earned it and I've put in my due effort because things can change at the drop of a dime. I learned that with my mom. I learned that with the economy and you have to stay humble. That's for sure. So there's two very, you know, highly transformative experiences, right? What was it that unlocked or released you into the future? Like, what was it actions? Was it thinking? Like, how did you manage your mind to get yourself, you know, you said earlier, it's hard to get out the door with your mom. Like when you're, when you and your husband are sitting there in the same industry with no income and you have to humble you, like talk about humility of going to work at Costco, right? If you're telling after buying, you know, designer purses and having these, you know, extravagant vacations, luxurious vacations in tropical places, you know, what released you? What did you do to manage your mind and what released you to come back, I guess, to persevere? Not even come back, but persevere. I think similar to what we, it's what we're, as you know, like I'm a huge Tony Robbins fan. And really before I even started listening to a lot of motivational speakers, I got to a point where I'm like, man, I don't like this anymore. Like, I don't like this feeling of being broke. I don't like this feeling of you know, it's simple things. It's like, is the risk worth the reward? And I would sit there, you know, sometimes at night and go, oh, should I stay up late, you know, and watch Netflix? Or do I go to bed early? That way I can kick ass tomorrow morning. And that's really what it is. It's what you associate a good time with. And it's like, I try to choose the things that at the end of the day are going to benefit my future self (laughs) that I'll be thankful for is really what it comes down to. And to answer your question, then I had my first son, Brock, And he was, you know, my little apple of my eye. And, you know, having a child obviously puts you at a whole different perspective, puts life into a whole different perspective. And so I didn't have the opportunity to fail anymore. It's like, you can't go back and move in with your dad, with your kid, you know, and everybody's looking at you like, oh, I remember she was in real estate, whatever happened to her. And so I would sit there and I was motivated by that. It's like, there, there's a certain you know, persona that I want to embody and and I have control over that. And really it's what you do in silence, right? That shows at the end of the day. So I just buckled down and went to work. We're hitting on so, so many of the hallmarks of leadership, right? And, And really what I hear you saying is like, I see myself as a leader in my family, in my community, in my business, right? Like, And I'm wearing this jacket, I'm wearing this hat at every moment, at every second, and it doesn't come off. And I hold myself to this standard. Bree, does that come with a level of overthinking and a level of, how can I put this? What work do you did you have to do to be okay with giving yourself some grace? Because the other side of that is letting yourself not be perfect and mess up, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh yeah. And there, I can't tell you how many times I, you know, once every two, three months, I just break down into tears. I can't do it anymore. This is too much because your little wheels in your head are constantly going. And it's like when you're, and I hate to say it, but like the working mom guilt thing never dies. I mean, when my kids are at school, I feel guilty that I didn't take them to Disneyland for the day instead. When I'm at work, I feel guilty that I'm not, you know, helping with homework. When I'm at home and, you know, I'm cooking dinner, I should be sitting down playing whatever. It's like, it never ends. It it really never, truly never ends. So I kind of had to, I had to get to a point where really, I think the answer to it again is like getting your mind right first thing in the morning. And again, like you can't sit on the couch and turn on the TV and not expect to feel guilty or delayed. It's the word I want to look for. Like basically you can't sit down on the couch, turn on the TV and then go, God, I don't know why I have anxiety now. Well, no kidding, because you avoided your responsibilities. So that's what kind of turned me into that early riser where I'm like, I want to get up. I want to be present with the kids in the morning, be present with my clients during the day, as opposed to playing catch up where you're just kind of meeting the day, you know, as it comes at you. And that's really, that's a constant battle, to be honest, because some days you're like, dude, I just want to sleep till eight o'clock. I'm tired. And I work a seven day a week business and the kids are seven days a week. And you know, your thoughts are freaking seven days a week. So here we are. (laughs) So sometimes I call Todd, I'm like, are you available to chat? Because I have a lot on my mind right now. And it's really just breaking that down into compartments and making sure like, okay, where am I not investing my time properly and kind of slowing down? And COVID had a huge impact on, you know, reevaluating all that too, as far as what are we in a hurry to get back to and what's important and all that. So yeah, 
we could talk for six years about all this stuff. <laughs> Since you mentioned it, you mentioned coaching and, you know, Todd and I are coaches and we get coached a lot and we coach each other. And, you know, we're big fans of coaching, obviously. And, you know, since you have been working with Todd as your coach, a lot of people don't understand what coaching is and they don't understand the benefit of coaching. And, you know, if you had to express in maybe two or three the two or three top things that you've gotten from coaching in general, what do you think it's provided you with? I mean, I think we've really made clear that managing your mind and working on how you're thinking and what you're telling yourself, your self-talk, right, can go so negative and really managing that. So you've definitely touched on that. But what have you gotten from coaching in general? And, you know, how can you explain to people? Because so many people still don't understand how powerful coaching can be. I think the biggest there are a lot of coaches out there. Like there are a lot of, just like there's a lot of real estate agents. And what I, what really made working with Todd, especially the most beneficial to me, because like I said, I've been to therapists, I've been to psychiatrists, I've been, you know, and I'm sitting there like, I don't want to be medicated because then I just want to be Martha Stewart and spend hours all day. And I'm not driven to work. Like I can't numb the drive. That is not what I want, but I do need to like slow down my thoughts. So, okay, how can I do this? And that's what's so nice about having a third party, especially a professional. And when you are seeking out a coach, you have to find your right fit. And so like in my case with Todd, like he has young kids as well and understands, you know, juggling and managing things and whatever. We've both been on Zoom calls with, you know, a kid <laughs> flying by in the background or whatever it is. And it's like not even phased. You're fine. So, you know, it's really it's a matter, like I said, for me, it worked out awesome because Todd understands how, like what an overachiever I am. And he understood as we're like, I had other people that are like, and really beneficial coaches, but I couldn't take advice. I didn't take advice from them because they were 15, 20 years, my senior. And they're like, you need to slow down. And I'm like, dude, don't tell me to slow down. I got this. Like, don't tell me how to run my life. And they're like, well, you should tell your husband to help and you're going to burn out. And I'm like, no, I'm not. You don't know me. As <laughs> we're like with Todd, I'm like, do you see how burnt out I am? And he's like, I understand. <laughs> the struggle is real. So it's nice to be on the same page with someone. Brie goes like, uh, you know, it's funny. You just said something. I was listening to what you said, Brie. You said something really interesting. You said, you know, I wouldn't take advice and I'm going to challenge you to be like, there's no advice. What happens is I and sometimes it frustrates the crap out of you. You'll be like, did you really just ask me that? Like, ah, she'll like, oh, gosh. OK, OK, because it's not there's the, the advice is really coming from you. It's your own wisdom that we've That's tapped the into. the therapist side over. of coaching. Yes. Where they're like, do you hear yourself? And I'm like, I know I'm a disaster. OK. And what what she does is she goes, okay, I hear myself. That's why you're so fun to coach. You go, okay, I hear myself. All right, what am I going to do? And you start having a conversation with yourself, just like you are here sometimes on the podcast right now for our listeners to hear. Like, what am I going to do with myself? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do you. But what you're doing is self-coaching, right? And it's things that we've worked on. I know you've taken away that and run with it. Like self-coaching, the way you structure your day has become even tighter, the way you integrate your own mindset work across your day. And then when you find yourself losing that mindset, make choices to bring yourself back, right? To carve out time in the schedule and make time for self. Like those are all conscious choices that you make. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, one of the huge ones that that you helped me overcome was like this whole concept of having your primary question. And for the last, really, I think my whole entire life, it's been, is everybody happy with me? I am a people pleaser by nature. And I would wake up in the morning. I'm like, who is waiting on me right now? And it's always somebody. I mean, especially clients first. I'm like, who's waiting on an email or a DocuSign or whatever? Like who's expecting me to touch base with them? I'm trying to read everybody's mind. And you create this stress in your head without realizing it. And recently I got to a point where I'm like, okay, first of all, I had to figure out what that question was and then really work on changing that really old pattern and habit um, that is ingrained in your head. So I got into a place which might sound cliche, but it, it's incredible is focusing on what you're grateful for. And it's like every morning waking up and going, what am I thankful for? Because you can't be stressed 
and grateful at the same time, come to find out. <laughs> you can't be anxious <laughs> and grateful at the same time. So it's like, you know, yes, live in the present. Okay, that's easy enough to say. But really, if you sit there and go, what is the outcome that I want for the day? Like, what do I want? And at the end of the day, I want my kids to feel loved and supported. I want them to know that they're important to me. I want my clients to know that they're respected and appreciated and that they're being heard. And and, and basically all my relationships, you know, everybody that I'm close with, I want them to know that I'm here for them. But at the same time, you know, I don't know, keep swimming is <laughs> <laughs> what it is <laughs> amidst all that. I, I would only add, at heart. the same time, caring, yeah. caring for yourself. Like what you, what I hear you tacking back and forth between is self-care and care for others, like showing up for yourself so that you can show up for others as you and I, you know, talk about quite often, right? And the, the management of self to be able to manage and juggle all of that. To, to answer the question here, how, how do you balance all of it? You outline just a number of not just mindsets and thoughts, right? But practices that you engage in intentionally with the knowledge that it falls apart often and you got to put it back together, you know? So fast forward, let's go to the last part of this story because fast forward to today, we're coming out of seemingly, you know, we're seeming to be coming out of and turning a corner on this pandemic thing, you know, this COVID situation, it's slowly but surely kind of, the tides are changing. In the midst of all this, Bree, you've had the, what I know to be, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the most successful year you've had to date selling homes during a pandemic and having to shift all of, I mean, you'll, you could probably talk about it, but everything, just like for Bridget and I, in our industry, things shifted, everything shift. But I'm thinking to myself, how do you, how do you show a home? Like what's such an emotional experience? How do you show a home? How do you network, right? You've got four boys, not in school, no sports, right? Just home to manage (laughs) or nanny right no one's allowed over (laughs) right and and i'm gonna add in the midst of that working things out with your wonderful and someone i I appreciate a lot your ex-husband you know working out a relationship and with your boy so could you speak to just what this last year has been like Yeah. So to build up to that really quick. So it was like, you know, I had the two boys 18 months apart and then I had Kent and Alec, you know, so basically I went from zero to four kids in a matter of six years, which was super cool. So no problem. They're so cute. (laughs) You know, nobody thought about like, oh shit, they all go to school at the same time (laughs) and they all have homework. And then they're also like learning sight words and things that I totally forgot about. I thought you just drop them off and pick them up and they just do what they're supposed to. I like the feeding and haircut thing. I got this down, but the whole like educational part of it, not to mention homeschool, that was never going to be my jam. Like not by any means. So Anyway, there are lots of little facets to bringing children into this yes, world yes. that you don't think about. That we can all appreciate. And, yeah, dentist appointments and all of these crazy, and then the tooth fairy conversations <laughs> and, you know, it's miraculous. But anyway, so that being said, so I went, you know, sat there, had the two boys and then, you know, everybody's like, oh, did you want a girl? Yeah, you know, sure, of course, who does it? I didn't care as long as they were healthy. By the time I got to the fourth one, I'm like, I've got so many weapons and superheroes in this house. It would be a shame to have to buy princess stuff and throw pink in here. I don't have enough room. So I'm like, perfect. All four boys. This is fantastic. And, you know, I'm surrounded by handsome men for the rest of my life. So it's not too bad. But that being said, you know, kids are in preschool, then it's like, okay, now I've got a commitment of being able to afford daycare and putting them in school with uniforms and all these other things. And so in the interim, my business started to grow as I started to market more and, you know, referral basis and whatnot. And so I had a real hard time delegating. So about three or four years ago, I got to a point where I was selling what I figured out was about 40 homes a year. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wow, my quality of service is starting to drop because I can't be in three places at once and send an email and a DocuSign while I'm showing houses. And people are like, well, I'm waiting on your email, Brie. Where is it? You haven't responded. And I'm like, well, I've been out in the field showing property. So I'm sitting here trying to figure how to do this. So essentially I didn't want to delegate or have a team. I wanted to be the girl that did it all. And I got to a point where I'm like, oh no, now I'm associating with this. Like if I don't hire people, my reputation's going to go down the drain. So I have to delegate. 
So that, thank goodness, Sarah Gallo and I met up and, you know, I absolutely adore her work ethic and her personality. She's very much, you know, service oriented and she's a doll. So she's, I brought her on. We continued to grow. And so essentially I've increased my business by 30% every year over the last six years. So my goal for last year was to close a hundred transactions and I got to 96 amidst a pandemic, which, you know, whatever, (laughs) close, (laughs) we're close. But yeah, I mean, we did over $88 million in real estate last year. And meanwhile, juggling kids. And I mean, thank goodness, you know, interest rates stayed low. And I was lucky enough to hire Fiona and Jenny as well. Fiona is my office administrator. So she, you know, holds down the fort for me while I'm on the road. And I was very big on networking in person and going to, you know, charity functions and and all this stuff. And the funny thing is, it's like, Speaking of committing to things, Todd, like as far as, so like I committed to support the Boys and Girls Club for five years and it's like, okay, well, that's money that I, not only am I committed to supporting my children and then I'm committed to supporting my team by keeping the phone ringing and making sure we have deals coming across our desk. But then I'm also committed to certain charities within town that rely on me uh, because if I don't contribute, then all of a sudden you have, you know, people who are less fortunate that are local families that, you know, we've helped pay rent or, you know, single mothers outreach, things like that. So those are the kind of things that keep me motivated because it's not about, you know, it's not about going to Hawaii and buying fancy purses anymore. (laughs) It's more about just living up to my responsibilities. And, you know, that's what a lot of I've, I'm learning. And from these interviews that Todd and I are doing as we interview really successful people and they really come into their success and it becomes part of who they are, that they get to the stage of what you just talked about, where it's about giving back. It's about how are you leaving the world better than you found it? And how are you being of service? And how are you lifting up those around you? And so you just really inspired me with what you just shared because I can't imagine managing all that you're managing. I've been sitting through this whole episode, like, how does she do it all? And then you talk about how you're supporting all these charities and you're, you know, part of what you make. It's not going to, you know, it's, you're not getting your satisfaction in life from, like you said, the expensive things anymore, but how are you being of service and giving back and helping people who maybe didn't, for whatever reason, you know, don't have that mindset and that ability that you have to overcome so much hardship and difficulty in life to be so successful. And it's just very inspiring. I just want you to know that. And it's, you know, I think, I hope that people listening, I know that people listening will feel the way I do that, wow, okay, we can do it all. It's really about the mindset, the energy we bring and asking and finding the support we need. I love how you're talking about being able to delegate. I'm at that point in my business, I've delegated more to Todd this year than I think I've delegated to all the people in my life that I've ever had to delegate to. And he's amazing. Yes. He's rising to awesome. the challenge. Like this podcast episode, I just had to show up and be here for this amazing conversation. He did every little detail of it. It's a beautiful thing when you can give up that control and trust other people and start growing what you're creating in the world and allowing other people to benefit from it. It's So I really was inspired by that. Thank you. Absolutely. And you know, Bridget, on that note, it's funny because I have had other business owners that, you know, inspired me to where it's like, well, no, I don't want to be a team. But then if you start to look at their families and go, well, their families are dependent on me too. And their kids are dependent on me showing up as well. So it's like delegating is creating jobs as well. The same thing is, you know, my wonderful nanny, I lovingly call her my wife. (laughs) Like I need to afford her because, you know, without her, I can't do all of this. And, you know, that was something where as a working mom, I sat there and went, well, I could be a stay at home mom, which I would love to do, you know, in theory, but I don't know how to not work. I was docu-signing papers while I was in labor with (laughs) all of my kids. So I don't know how to say no is what it is. It was funny after I had Kent, I showed a house three days afterwards. And I just remember like looking at myself in the bathroom mirror of a model home. And I'm like, oh my God, you are so tired, girl. You need to go home. (laughs) You need to rest. Um, But, you know, it's those times that you just, you muscle through it you know, you wake up in the morning and it's like, no, you made a commitment. And that goes back to like, when I was working for my aunt and uncle, I'd wake up at, you know, 13 in, you know, at Arroyo Seco junior high on the weekend. And I look at my mom and I'm like, I don't want to go to work today. And, you know, that was like a women's clothing store is brutal retail. And they made me talk to everybody, which I hated doing. And, um, I was like, please, I don't want to go. You're no good at talking yeah. to people. And my mom's like, you made a commitment. I know. Look what they did to me. <laughs> they created a monster. <laughs> 
Uh, be careful what your good summer jobs yeah. are. That's that's the moral of this story. My, mine was hot dog on a stick. I mean, I don't know what that says about. Well, <laughs> you're visor. an excellent jumper, Todd. The jump squats with yeah. the yeah. Stomping the lemonade, lemonade thing, yeah. Uh, well, you know, Bree, the there's just so it's not just your spirit uh, and your attitude and your mindset, but all the little. If you know, if you listen back across, and I hope you do, not you, Bridget, but the listener. There's so many little from each of your anecdotes and stories, just so many little tidbits of wisdom, right? Things that you've picked up along the way that you really this whole episode have been answering this question about like, you know, yes, I'm an overachiever and yes, I'm an overthinker. And here's how I make it work for me because I recognize these things in myself and allow, I do all these things. I set all this up intentionally, as Bridget pointed out, to balance it all, right? That's how I do it. I'm thoughtful and intentional about it. I surround myself. I heard you say I surround myself with experts. I surround myself with people that I can learn from, my friends. I hire coaches. I hire therapists. I hire people I can trust in on my team. I have – and then with that, I'm learning to give up like work. You've said it to me over and over. I'm going to throw your words back to you, Brie to work smarter, not harder, right? You kept saying, Todd, I got to work smarter. I got to work smarter. And so every week or every few weeks working on that and turning the screws on that, but it's the intentional time that you carve out, not just like with you and I, but really for yourself and all of those practices that you engage in that in totality, right? From back when you were 16, 17, 18, and you tell that story of doing the unpopular thing or doing the, you know, kind of walking the less traveled path, you're still doing it today. And what you've built for yourself is, you know, your little mini empire of of success, not just, you know, financially or whatnot, materially, but socially and emotionally, right? Even more importantly, emotionally for yourself in raising four little amazing young men, Right. And, and if you don't uh, follow Brie on social media, you should find her because she's got some amazing footage of her kids out of control <laughs> and some amazing commentary. She should be a she's a moonlighting stand up comedian. You catch her at the <laughs> Laugh Factory on Saturday night at 8 p.m. Right. But so here's what I want to ask you, Brie, because and this question comes from our last guest. Kalika, who's another amazingly successful entrepreneur, you know. Mompreneur. Mompreneur, thank you. Here's her question for you, because we like to have our last, and you're going to come up with a question for our next guest in a second, Bree. So okay. just a little heads up. But here's her question for you. We said, what would you ask our next guest? She said, what's the one way that you reignite your creativity when you are uninspired? Business-wise? Take it how you want. Life-wise? Give us both. Give us both. Give us one for each. Question. I love that. Gosh, my question is not going to be that deep. Um, <laughs> you know, that's a great question. I think, you know what it is? Okay, this is super basic, but it's it changed. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, okay. Super basic. I'm good being a basic chick. So on my right-hand side of my desktop, I have a simple little Word document with the word goals that is in capital letters. Now, Every year I have, I can go as far back as at least 2007. Okay. So I have goals at the bottom. And then one of the cool things that I added to it recently was accomplishments. And so I moved things down to accomplishments. And then in 2000, uh, well, as of recently, 2000 or 2020, let's say, right. So I had this whole, like, I'm going to run, you know, three half marathons. I'm going to whatever, you know, buy new surround sound for the backyard. It doesn't have to be rocket science, like, you know, just little things. And what's funny is whenever I'm eh, what don't, like, I'm not excited about anything like Jesus, I'm just tired working, to be honest. <laughs> and if I open up that document, looking at where my, and you can go in and tweak it every day or, you know, once a quarter, whatever it may be, but it's, it's so rewarding to move little things down to your accomplished list and to look back and go, Oh yeah, I did save up to repaint the house last year. You know, it's little silly things like that make you realize, Oh, all of this hamster wheel running does pay off in so many different ways. And then one of the other cool things that I added just this last year was where do you envision yourself in the next five years, in the next 10 years, in the next 20 years, all the way up to like your 90s? Because really, so many of us don't 
forward plan for what we envisioned. We just picture ourselves old sitting on a front porch somewhere, but it's like, okay, but who's around you? How do you feel about that? And really lay out the pattern for the future. And so that's like, it's so interesting because manifesting those things is hugely important. And it's kind of scary what you're capable of once you put your mind to things like that. So Yes. What an answer. I don't even know what to say about that I answer. I told you I'm basic. No. That's the least basic answer I ever could have thought of. Oh, my God. By the way, I'm thinking of myself as a little old man. I always picture myself in a deli eating a brisket sandwich and some matzo ball soup in Hawaii. But I don't know if those delis exist in Hawaii, so maybe I have I'm to create I'm going to run into you. Because <laughs> I love matzo ball soup. So oh my gosh. It's on. I'll see you in 30 years. Bree, you set the goals. You're saying how do we how do I reignite my creativity when I'm uninspired I go back to those goals that I set for myself that are always sitting up here at the top right corner of my screen that I have a whole process for hacking myself for my motivation for my creativity for re-inspiring reigniting myself I look at the things the goals I've set for myself and I throw myself into I ask basically saying like I ask myself what can I do right now today to move myself closer to to those goals to making those things a reality exactly and that's what makes you creative because then it's like oh yeah i forgot about that i was excited about paying off the car or you know silly little things the reminder the pat on the back as some white guy call it of like celebrating your wins and remembering and taking note of and being able to go back to oh yeah i did that for 14 years plus running that's a big deal brie wow what do you think about that? Bridget? Yeah, I know you must amazing, <laughs> amazing. And it goes back to what you said. I think it's tied to the gratitude is you're reminding yourself like I had to work for this and this was something that was out of my reach at some point and now it's done because all the research says that we have these goals, right? And then we reach them and then we just forget about it. We're immediately on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And we don't stop to be in gratitude and to acknowledge, oh, wait a minute, I did that. That's incredible. I, I moved that from the goal to the, was it achievement from goal to done? Like that, just that process, like Todd and I, we check off, we have our ongoing list of things we need. And when we see that check mark, like we did that, you know, it, it's really important to take a moment to, Ah, really breathe that in and be proud of that and feel good about that. And that sparks the creativity for whatever it is that's still ahead of us and in front of us, right? Is that remembering it's all working toward what I truly want. And I love the way you said you think about even think about when you're 90 and not just the basic minimum of, you know, okay, I'll be healthy and I'll still be here. But like, who do I want to be around me? And what life do I want to be living? What energy do I want to be in? I think that's beautiful. I think that's something for all of us to really do and make the time to do because it it keeps us so motivated to to move toward what it is we truly want and what truly matters in our lives. Absolutely. And one of the other cool things that I added recently as well, you know, because we all like kind of we've glamorized in our culture, we glamorize retirement. But it's like, I want to get to a point where I'm not just retired, but able to contribute and give back in those times. And it doesn't always have to be monetarily. It's like you can volunteer at an elementary school and, you know, help kids read or whatever. There's little things like that, that it's like, if, you know, incorporating those kind of things in your goals, it's, you know, yeah, of course I've got, you know, the little Lamborghini on there or whatever, (laughs) but you know, those are tangible things. That's not really what gives you true joy. That doesn't last forever. That's short lived the materialistic things. And so the luxury of being able to share your time with other people, that I think is something worth striving over because right now, like I'm in the thick of, as we all are, we're in the thick of our careers and our kids. And it's like, oh gosh, I wish I had spare time. I'd sit on the beach forever. And it's like, yeah, you'll sit on the beach for a little bit, but what do you want to do after that? That's really self-fulfilling. And that's at the end of the day, giving to others. So. Well, that that's so meaning, purpose, and I also hear you really discussing like and being esteemed by as most, if not all of us are, a sense of progress. And that's what I I hear you noting that sense of progress and figuring out ways to show yourself progress. And some of us, you know, whether it's working out or eating right or going after like going after a job that we want or making a transition from one job to another, right? Trying to build a family. Like we, if we don't feel 
that we're making progress towards those things, we can lose our fervor, we can lose our steam. And so I hear just again, so many um, hacks, so many tricks. And in that sense, so many tips for our listeners from this discussion that they could go um, and start to play within their own life. And on that note, Brie, we always like to challenge our listeners to, you know, they're sitting there and probably some people that know you, Brie, are going to be listening to this going, and they're some of the people that went, oh my gosh, I don't know how she does that. And now I know, like, oh my gosh, she like, and I really, truly appreciate you for being vulnerable and for sharing like the reality of what goes on behind the scenes, that it's not so easy, that it's not all magical, that there's so many down moments where we got to pull ourselves up and we have to figure it out. So I really appreciate you for that. So those who are listening going like, ah, oh, I get it. Like, there's a lot that goes into this. Now, where do I start? Because I'm inspired now. She's inspired me. Like your run, right? You're inspired. What can I do? What would you recommend to me? You know, what you just said a few minutes ago, that's one of my favorite latest quotes is progress equals happiness. And it's so true. It's like, it's tiny little changes to your schedule throughout the day. It's little choices that add up, you know, just the same way with going on a diet. It's like, trust me, I've done the crash diet things. I've done the, let me be too hard on myself and not never eat a carb again. And it just, you go off the deep end because it's not realistic, but making tiny little life choices, like instead of choosing what I'm going to binge watch on Netflix, no, you know not to talk down Netflix, but you know, instead of spending a half net, like I moved all of my social media apps to one folder so that I don't see all the DMS and notifications, because that is a rabbit hole that we are all guilty of getting suckered into and call it constructive. Oh, I'm in sales. It's bonding with people. Not really. Like it's not. <laughs> so I honest. tried, I justified it. Tried to it. Um, <laughs> all day long. And then I'm like, gosh, it's four 30. That's interesting. <laughs> did I do today? So yeah, I mean, really it's little tiny choices that add up. So it's like, rather than sitting down and saying, Oh, I'm going to go to brunch and have a mimosa with my friends. You know what? Why don't you move that to later on in the evening and in the morning, get your butt to work and figure out, find a charity to get involved with. You know what? If you've got two or three extra, we've got, we've all got the same number of hours in the day as you know, we've seen the Schwarzenegger quotes and, and everything else. It's what we do with them. And yeah, I'm guilty of, you know, sitting down and checking out once in a while too. Trust me, I want to browse Netflix and Amazon and see what I can buy for, you know, that I don't really need. Um, (laughs) But at the end of the day, it's like, let me take that extra 15 minutes and find something that I, you know, that I can be a part of. And with the internet, there's no limit to that. So, you know, finding a local charity that you can, again, it doesn't have to be money. It can be your time. It can be chatting on the phone with somebody, you know, that needs it, whatever it may be. Those it's those little tweaks to your schedule that are that create exponential growth at the end of the day. And I hear in there again, you talking about meaning and purpose. Absolutely. Doing that, but we- knowing why you're doing it, right? The yeah. meaning, like, why am I engaged in this pursuit? And that I think ties into your real forward thinking, not just what you look at the past and celebrate and, and plan, but how you look forward and are really mindful and intentional about what it is, not just you want to achieve, but how you want it to be. And even though we know it will only be some small form of that, right? We all know that we plan it and it's, it might be some part of that, but it's really not what we thought it was going to be. It turned, as Bridget, as you know, Bree, as, as you know, like it turns out to be um, even better even grander. Oh, absolutely. And like, like I was mentioning with the list of goals and accomplishments, I leave all the goals on there that I didn't accomplish as well. And some of them don't matter to me anymore, but it's fun to look back and go, Oh, that's hilarious. I didn't even do that. And I, now I want to do double or, you know what, that is not important to me at all anymore. It's so funny. I'm in a completely different place, but it's interesting to put life into perspective in those terms. Well, what would you ask? What do you want us to ask our next guest? You don't know who it's going to be. Do you know the show? What can we ask our next guest for you? Okay. Huh. And I don't know who they're going to be. That's, gosh, sorry. I'm like, you want to pause the video, go to a commercial really quick? <laughs> I mean, let me think about, I was like, not. Like, what's a good question coach? that you've been asked? Like, what, yeah, what would you ask? Like another, it's going to be some other entrepreneur, somebody, you know, building a business and. Uh, we don't know who it's going to be. Maybe. Yeah, it could be anybody on the planet. You know, I think I have a fantastic question. I would love to hear the answer to this. How do you know when you have achieved balance? Like, how do you know when you've made it per se? Because there's my question. I would love to know how you know when it's all balanced. Like, how do you know when you've gotten there? 
when you've got it all figured out? That's a fantastic question Yes, for whomever our next guest is. <laughs> well, I'm going to throw it to you, Bridget, and then I'll wrap it up for us. Yeah. I just want to say thank you so much again, Brie. I learned so much from you. And I think that our list, I know that our listeners will learn a lot too. And just thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure to talk with you. And I appreciate, as Todd said, your vulnerability and your willingness to be open and share with us all the things that you've learned in life. And I just so appreciate you. And I'm very grateful for you. Thank you. Oh, likewise. And I adore you guys both and all of the hard work that you put into this and your coaching program. And again, I can't give enough raving reviews um, about what you guys do. So thank you. I am forever grateful. Brie, you know, I'm a huge fan. I'm, I'm one of your biggest fans and I'm, you know, just proud of everything that you accomplish and have accomplished and continue to accomplish. And I've been lucky enough to have watched it for quite some time and then to have been a small part of that journey over the last, you know, year and a half. And so I appreciate you for including me in it and really for coming on and doing what we had planned to do, which was be vulnerable and share really what goes on, not just in coaching, but what goes on behind the scenes in struggling to be an entrepreneur that navigates this world in all of its capacities from your earlier years, even to the present day, right? Because what we can all take from it is that we're not alone. We're all navigating some form of this. And it feels pretty nice to know that, you know, that you're not alone on this journey. You gave us a wonderful question to ask our next guest, and we're going to be sure to do so. Please, if you haven't already, Follow Brie um, on social media, Brie Waterman. Uh, you can find her on Instagram. You can find her on Facebook. Here's one thing she doesn't know I was going to say. Brie talks about stacking things, right? She's like, I stack this. And I'm like, what the, what the heck did I do? Why did I do that? So Brie actually will be coming out with her podcast in just a couple weeks. She That's has signed herself. Thank you, Todd. There that. it is. Yeah. You see, I put it out there. It's now, now we there. Can edit this, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's not coming out. She's so she will have her own podcast out in just a, a, a few, probably like uh, uh, four to four, six, eight weeks tops. So we, we don't know the name of it yet. She's still working it out. But or do you know the name, Brie? Have you settled on a name? I have not settled on a name. And yeah, this is my new baby. So we're going to see how it pans out. I'm sitting there going, what the heck was I thinking? But you guys have most definitely inspired me in that right. And thanks to Todd aligning me with the right people and, and everything else. So yes, I'm very excited. And, and again, that was kind of a way that we talked about where I'm like, I don't want to come off like this person that thinks I deserve a podcast, but I'm like, you know, if I can kind of give people an insight to the fact that this, like, it's not smoke and mirrors, like we're all real and we are not alone. It's like, I feel like I was reinventing the wheel for so many years. And if I could give back by sharing some of the things that I learned the hard way, then, you know, I hope I save some people some time. <laughs> Maybe so. that's the name of the show. I hope I save you some time. Yeah, that was what I was thinking. Let me save <laughs> you some time. it's all smoke yeah. and mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> it's not all smoke and mirrors. That's what you said. It's not all smoke and mirrors. Or yeah. I just want to cry. Well, Brie, yeah. <laughs> congrats on signing up for yet another endeavor and you so deserve to have a podcast and the, the world will be uh, that much better and benefit from all of your wisdom and all the people that you bring on and that you're in your world that you're in contact with to share their gifts and their knowledge with the world. So Brie, one last time, thank you so, so much for being on the show. We really appreciate you. For all of you listening out there, we really appreciate your time and spending this time with us and love hearing from you. So as always, be good people make good choices, and we will see you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to the Right Questions podcast. We hope this episode sparked something that fuels your own inquiry and transformation. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. If you want to learn more about the work we do and how it can benefit you, check out our website, SampsonCoachingAndConsulting.com and connect with me on Instagram at TheBridgetSampson. And you can find me at Todd Parker Official. We'll catch you next week. Until then, dare to ask the right questions. <laughs>